Hi, and welcome back to the podcast, Investing Should Be Easy. I'm Alex Richwagen, your host, and this show is all about identifying a long-term strategy in pursuit of long-term growth with teaching dividend reinvestment to be better off financially, making life easier. I'm here to walk you through this journey with an effective, affordable way to invest. I put this podcast and my book together to help others just like you. In today's show, we're going to take a bit of a detour than the usual show. So in the last uh, few episodes, we reviewed uh, our first two companies, and the companies are just random companies that I've looked at on transfer agents that are record-keeping services on ComputerShare. Um, ComputerShare is a transfer agent service that just basically just keeps records for all these uh, publicly traded companies and facilitates the buying and selling of their stock in a uh, dividend reinvestment strategy. If you need any of uh, details about any of those things, if any of those terms I said are a little um, off or not really understanding, um, I review them at a high level each each show, but you can you can go back to episodes one and two and get more into the foundation. But So we looked at, in the last two weeks, we looked at a company that was a, looks like a good investment and one that looked like not so much a good investment. The first one was DOC, which was a real estate investment trust, um, but a physician's one. And the other one was uh, BKE, um, the Buckle Inc., which is a uh, retailer that uh, sells retail clothes, footwear, services, uh, jeans, things like that. And just one more thing to note, if you have any questions or comments and you want to send them to an email, it's uh, alex.richwagon at gmail.com. That's alex.richwagon at gmail.com with an E, not an O, on the end of Richwagon. And this week, we're going to take a detour because um, of a macro picture that, um, you know, something that happened in the news that was kind of under the radar. And what I mean by under the radar was there was a lot of uh, headlines about Comey, the investigation and the trial. But something that was passed by the uh, U.S. House of Representatives this week, very significant piece of legislation that is going to the Senate is uh, it's called the Dodd-Frank Act. Dodd-Frank Act is something that was put together. If uh, if anybody remember the uh, financial crisis of the uh, mortgage uh, meltdown um, around 2007-2008, the Dodd-Frank was a um, a piece of legislation that went into act basically to protect consumers, put more restrictions on financial entities such as banks, um, insurance companies, rating and agencies, things, places like that. These, uh, these companies needed more oversight because they contributed head-on to the financial system meltdown. And why Dodd-Frank, and this is in the news, is actually going to be repealed, it looks like it, and replaced with uh, less stringent regulations. So Dodd-Frank is spelled D-O-D-D and then just Frank. And um, there's eight different pieces to the puzzle, and there's a few that are very, very key. And what could they mean? And the reason why I'm bringing this up as a macro picture is because it has significant implications for investments, and specifically um, investments in the financial sector. And we're going to go through those eight pieces and why they are important and what could they mean for future growth because right now the um, – Price-to-earnings ratio across most of the financial industry is lower than the S&P. It's, um, it's underperformed 
some of the um, some of the items like like the Fang stocks, the Facebook, Amazon, Alphabet, uh, Netflix, Google. Google is now Alphabet, and then you could also even throw Apple in there. The technical sector has been on fire lately, especially in video games, and <clears throat> financial crisis could be something that will cause a lot of growth over the next six to 12 months if this piece of legislation goes through. So we're going to go through that in detail and why it's important, why pay attention, and then also what kind of companies could be impacted by this if you want to start looking ahead and you want to jump ahead to something when we haven't reviewed these companies in full, but it might be a good idea to kind of just forward thinking. So let's get started. The first item is from Dodd-Frank is it provides financial oversight to Wall Street and big banks. There's uh, committees, a lot of rules, regulation, and a lot of regulation means a lot of red tape. And what exactly, this is a key piece and one of the most important ones for the banks especially because the rule actually makes them have higher balance sheets, higher liquidity, and put more things into cash. They have less ability to uh, pay out or help their shareholders with dividends. Right now, every time they want to increase their dividend, which is good for shareholders, they need regulatory approval. Going forward, this is something that will likely be repealed, which will increase their growth and allow the banks to spend their money freely as they see fit. So that's the first one. That's the major, It's a major item because, again, it increases financial reserves, higher security on their balance sheets. It's designed to protect American consumers from big banks from getting too big to fail and making sure that they have specific requirements in according to annualized stress tests that test a bank's ability to withstand another financial crisis. So that's the first one. The second one is called the Vlocker rule, and that's V-L-O-C-K-E-R rule. And it's very basic for the banks. It says they can't own or use a hedge fund for profit, and they can't use deposited uh, consumer funds to trade and try to earn more income. That's a good thing for consumers. I don't see that rule completely going away just because of what it means to end consumers, but it is something worth to keep an eye on because if there is, um, let's just say, a change or a modification there, that'll give banks more leverage to do what they're doing. Keep in mind, I'm not pro or against this. This is just me going through it and saying, what does that mean to um, opportunities for investments perspective that could be helpful for consumers like you and I? The next one I'm going to kind of spin, I'm going to kind of go through these a little bit quicker, some of these other ones, is um, if everybody remembers the um, the marketing crash and something that was a very risky trade vehicle that was created was uh, their, their trading vehicles. They're called credit default swaps. They're made famous in uh, Michael Moore's Too Big to Fail movie. It's very entertaining. I really think you should take a look at it if you want to. It goes through the financial crisis and all the people that were to blame along the way. Again, that's Too Big to Fail by Michael Moore. But getting back to this piece of the Dodd-Frank bill is it regulates those trading vehicles that they've got to be on like an SEC platform or something else. Four is more transparency with head fund trading. Because head fund trading, they use what they call a high frequency trading algorithms or derivatives. And they're just trading on machine built algorithms all day long. But key piece of this is, is a lot of them used to operate outside of the SEC control. And they tried to establish themselves as private entities. 
getting back this adds more credibility and adds more oversight from the SEC, which is good for end consumers. The fifth is a credit agency, which is, again, protecting American consumers that S&P and Moody's can't mislead investors, that they have to assess proper risk. Six, regulating credit cards, loans, and mortgages. This one we're going to stop at because I want to kind of dive a little bit deeper into what this one means. So think about your major credit card companies, your Visa, American Express, MasterCard, anybody dealing with loans. This is where AIG really came into focus and Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac of mortgages. There's more regulations around that. And basically they added a lot more stringent rules around verification of can this buyer uh, repay the loan? And you think about that. If these companies are taking on that risk and which is could be defaulted, if they allow more risk, it could increase more defaults, which puts these investments at higher risk. However, it does allow um, one of the things that's kind of underneath this uh, from the mortgage perspective is the more strict layers. If let's say you're a successful business owner and you want to own multiple houses because you've got plenty of liquid assets and you want to just borrow money and look for it as an investment vehicle, there's a lot more strict um, layers there. So if this is removed or appealed or modified, it could really significantly boost um, banks or financial entities that write mortgages and pay out loans because more loans start getting approved and more houses start getting bought, that's going to basically create a lot more um, opportunity for them to make more money. So that's a key one to really pay attention to. And also with the credit cards, Visa, MasterCard, and American Express, they've all been under a little bit stricter protocol, if you will. This will allow them to, A, kind of, we talked about the first one is, ability to increase their shareholders depending on what class they put them in and then also they would the dividends of shareholders that helps and then the regulations around credit cards will get a little, a little bit looser which will help them as well so they're not completely left out of the puzzle so don't worry about don't don't uh discount credit cards as well the seventh one is another big one is um, insurance uh, increasing supervision of insurance companies and especially hits a specific piece called the fiduciary rule that basically wants companies to do right on behalf of the clients. Um, example of this is not offering higher price fee laden uh, products when other less expensive products with similar performance are available. So it's really acting on those behalf. Basically what it means for insurance companies is it gives them less restrictions. I see this one kind of sticking around because they just modified the fiduciary rules so this one's likely not going to get really anything happen there the eighth and final one is um, it's all it's all around actual central government it's less to do with consumers on uh, the end of the day it's more of the government side it's uh, reformed around federal reserve and oversight to increase the regulation so those are the eight pieces uh, we talked about a few of them ones that are i would say more important than the others especially the ones around dividend payouts growth and um, regulating things around mortgages. Those are like some big key ones that if those get modified or repealed, it could mean for a lot more opportunity for people to A, buy more houses, which would increase their um, portfolio, but also 
companies that are selling the mortgages, everybody else in the bank situation. We talked about insurance companies, credit card companies. And one of the things that I wanted to look at is when I started re reviewing this stuff in advance with, um, let's start with computer share. If I look at computer share buying all stocks direct, they, um, they have the majority of the banks, the banking sector, which is under financials. And, you know, I'm talking about big banks. Like there's some, there's items in there that they have uh, JPM, JP Morgan Chase, uh, Bank of America, Bank of New York Mellon, all, which is a super bank. Those are the, that's a super bank which other banks go to. Those are all important names because it means there's a lot of stability there. When I started looking through just at a high level some of these names that I just mentioned, a lot of them are trading below the um, S&P uh, price earnings ratio, uh, which around 17, 18. They're, they're below a PDE. Um, just to kind of explain a little bit more what PDE is and what it's used for, just think about it as a gauge of are you priced above or below the market? Are you underperforming the market? Or are you performing higher than the market? Are you expecting more growth or are you lower valued? So right now the market is trading around a 17 to 18 uh, price to earnings ratio. These banking stocks and um, a lot of the other financial instrument and answer, uh, financial companies such as insurance companies are trading at a much lower PDE, um, somewhere around 13, 14, 15, which is a good few points off the average of the whole market altogether of 1715. So keep in mind, it's just a gauge for where the company lies as far as growth, opportunity, or valuation. That's, that's, that's kind of a good gauge for to think about it that way. So again, Computer Share's got a lot of these names. If you want to do forward thinking, there's a few ones that you want to pick up in advance of when I'm actually going to review them. I mentioned before, Bank of New York Mellon, um, JP and Morgan Chase, and then also Bank of America. If you literally just look up the word bank in uh, computer share, I want to say there's at least 20 plus names on here. Um, bank Mutual Corporation, Bank of Hawaii Corporation, there's just a ton of these other names. And if anything's familiar to you, that might be something worth taking a look at in advance. And then the other side of the equation, I mentioned insurance companies is over on the Wells Fargo investment services side. Their transfer agent for insurance companies, I saw names like Travelers and Allstate, just to name a couple that have those as their um, indicators. So again, if you want to look for it in advance, that might be a good um, idea just as far as this gets repealed. It's going to just allow these banks, insurance companies, credit card companies to grow at a much faster rate and have a lot less regulations. It's not going to happen overnight. And this isn't predictive um, for what's going to happen, but the House did pass it. The Senate is Republican, and we have a Republican president, which means it might just follow forth um, all the way through pretty quickly. This is one of uh, Donald Trump's key pieces of when he ran under his um, platform. So again, this isn't, a, this isn't a political podcast, but it's also understanding when politics come into play, how does this impact your portfolio? and make it even better and that's going to be it for this week um, next week we'll get back on track we'll go with um, we'll, we'll look, look at our next company down the road which is going to be um, somebody on computer share and they'll get more into details in about a week if uh, if you have any questions or if you want to you know comment on the show or something you want me to answer my uh, email is um, alex.richwagon with an e i don't know at gmail.com alex.richwagon at gmail.com and you can find more information on the website 
is uh, alexrichwagon.com. So I'll try to keep those very easy for you. And uh, look forward to hearing back from you in a week. And uh, have a good rest of your week. Bye. Alex Richwagon is an investment research analyst. Any of his recommendations are that of Mr. Richwagon. The information presented is the opinion of his and only his research. You should not base your investment decision based solely on his opinion. Remember, it's your money and your responsibility.